Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss' The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 921. Alvarant gave me a reproachful look. Come now, who can tell the difference between bandits and a band of rough? There is no difference, Meluin said crisply. Your grace, I would know the difference, I said hotly. I am Edimara. Silence. Meluin's expression turned from blank shock to disbelief, to rage, to disgust. She came to her feet, looked for a moment as if she would spit on me, then walked stiffly out the door. There was a clatter as her personal guard came to attention and followed her out of the outer rooms. Alvaron continued to look at me, his face severe. If this is a joke, it is a poor one. It is none, your grace, I said, wrestling with my temper. And why have you found it necessary to hide this from me? I have not hidden it, your grace. You yourself have mentioned several times that I am far from gentle birth. He struck the arm of his chair angrily. You know what I mean. Why did you never mention that you are one of the Ra? I think the reason rather obvious, your grace, I said stiffly, trying to keep from spitting out the words. The words... Edema Ra have too strong a smell for many gentle noses. Your wife has found her perfume cannot cover it. My lady has had unfortunate dealings with the Ra in the past, he said, by way of explanation. You would do well to note. I know of her sister, her family's tragic shame. Run off and love a trooper. How terrible, I said scathingly, my entire body prickling with hot rage. Her sister's sense does credit to her family, less so the actions of your lady wife. My blood is worth as much as any man's, and more than most. And even were it not, she has no leave to treat me as she did. Alvaron's expression hardened. I rather think that she has leave to treat you as she will, he said. She was simply startled by your sudden proclamation. Given her feelings about you, Ravel, I think she showed remarkable restraint. I think she rues the truth. A trooper's tongue has gotten her to bed more quickly than her sister. As soon as I said it, I knew I had gone too far. I clenched my teeth to keep from saying anything worse. That will be all, Alvaron said with cold formality, his eyes flat and angry. I left with all the angry dignity I could muster. Not because I had nothing else to say, but because if I had stayed one moment longer, he would have called for guards, and that is not how I wish to make my exit. That's the page and the chapter. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. To me, this is proof that Edema Rue is pronounced Rue, not Ra, because it is a bit of cunning wordplay by Quoth to say, I think she rues the truth. Eh. <laughs> okay. A resounding from my <laughs> podcast. Like, I'm not cohort. saying it's not true, but that's not enough for me. I think if Rothfuss wanted us to know that it was pronounced that way, then he would have Quoth set it set us up for that pun but in the narration somehow i also think like it's it has to be the only way for us to know for sure is if he rhymes it with something i i think Roth, quoth would call more attention to it to make it explicit that that's how it's pronounced i suppose he's the rothfuss has said the only pronunciation that matters is quoth's name so let it be i think it's better if it is a homophone of ademra personally okay we're done next page no 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 this is the well, end of the speak, chapter. Speak well, chapter. Hey, oh, well, hey, well, whoa, well, no. Well, I, I thought well. you had 
I thought you I had, actually pa- have had shit page to talk notes. about. Yeah. Okay, okay, but it sounded like both of you were done, so... I mean, I was give, trying to give you an opportunity to talk about something that wasn't the end of the page, but you just barreled right to the end of the page. Well, it's because this page is upsetting. Yeah, that's why it's <laughs> awesome. So um, we gotta sit with it, we gotta stooge or... I don't like stewing in the upsetting page. Well, and like, here's the thing. Quoth, I think Quoth's anger and his... Everything he says on this page, I think, is completely justified and also a sick burn on Mellow and Lackless. Undeniably, 10 out of 10 burn. But at the same time, I'm reading Alvaron's dialogue and, like, Alvaron is, like, apologizing for a racist and being, you know, unreasonable. But I can kind of, especially given what happens in the next chapter, I'm looking at him on this page and I'm seeing him trying to, like, diffuse the situation a little bit same same i see him as like almost trying to give quoth an out if quoth would just apologize suck it up and like let alvaron and Melwin save a little face here i think his situation might end up differently but but he's a moody teenager <laughs> well and they're being awful racists to that him too. and have been for all this time and he's just not going to take it anymore if alvaron had known that quoth was raw he probably never would have let him meet his wife again, right? But I also think then Quoth probably would have got what he wanted. I think the mayor is the kind of racist where he would be like, well, he's a disgusting rabble, but he's useful, so I'll keep him around. I, I, yeah, I agree. I think that he he was ready to keep him around and to like make excuses and even run interference for him with Mellowin until he oversteps in this on this page. But I do feel that the mayor had plans for him after, and again... It's all been after the events of this chapter with the box and the conversation with the about the Emir. I think that there was a new plan formulating with the mayor. I also think, thinking about our conversations from earlier about how maybe the mayor was clued into some of the supernatural goings on and maybe he would have dispatched Quoth to investigate those. I think that there were plans afoot and the mayor really wanted Quoth for them and Quoth has stepped in it. Yeah, but you know what? Like, would I as Quoth really want to work stomach working for this guy and his horrible wife? Probably not, ultimately. And it's not like Quoth leaves the mayor's service completely empty-handed. I think it's an, an interesting note that rings really true for me when the mayor says, why did you never mention that you were one of the Ruh? And you can kind of read him as saying that, like, look, if you'd said that, I wouldn't have treated you any differently, which <clears throat> is a lie. Uh, and Quoth knows it's a lie. Because, like, of course I didn't tell you, like, you and your entire court are incredible racists. Like, like how badly you've treated me just thinking that I was poor. But I think Alvaron wants to think of himself as the kind of person who isn't, who is racist in a way where the people he's racist against can't tell that he's racist. Which I think is just a, a self-delusion that a lot of, like, genteel racists have. Yeah, I don't think it's that he doesn't think of himself as being racist. I think he thinks of himself as, like, saying... Listen, I'm still going to employ you. I'm still you're still going to remain useful to me. I just will continue to think of you as lower than dirt scum, but that doesn't mean that you can't produce value for me. Charming. It's and it is also the reaction of someone who feels like deceived, right? And like that's I, th- I think that's a thing that a lot of like sort of invisible minorities face when they come out uh, or are, you know, or or someone outs them is people are like why didn't you tell me it's like because i knew you'd react like this because you're because you suck <laughs> you know both does lose his temper justifiably so 
But there's like this weird balance occurring where it's self-preservation versus justice. And Quoth chooses the closest possible thing to justice, I guess. Yeah, he like, he's so angry that he no longer, he's, he's... He's not worrying about self-preservation anymore. <laughs> well, he, he values his pride. Until he knows he's gone too far, right? He has enough sense to say, okay, I made one really crude remark about his wife. I should shut the hell up. Yeah. And he he's valuing his pride. It's mm-hmm. He's been swallowing his pride in order to like kowtow to the mayor throughout, but it hasn't been explicitly racialized until now. But he is perhaps smarting from the mayor's comment, who would ever willingly admit to being part of the Ra. He's, he's trying to value that and he's perhaps ashamed that he's been hiding it or he like admits that he's been hiding it or at least not not, not advocating it. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is a part of the book, like Quoth's, Quoth's mem- membership in a a community that is, you know, looked down upon is an aspect of the book that I feel doesn't get explored too well or all too honestly. Uh, and maybe it's just because I just finished reading Babel, which is a book that handles this much more deftly and much more, much more contemporary lens. And it features a character who is white passing, uh, but not in a time when uh, to not be white time and place when to not be white was uh, uh you know a big deal and had a big effect on your social standing and and potentials and so in contrast to Babel, that book tackles it in a much more certainly it's like a much more clear and present way and it's also much more harrowing and uh illuminating for someone who as i mentioned uh, is privileged enough to not really have to deal with that so yeah i mean I bet you one of the reasons that the third book is taking so long to write is that Rothfuss is growing as a person and is wrestling with like how to present, how to present and and talk about these issues that before when he was writing this book and the first book, he maybe feels that he was approaching with too, too light a touch. I don't know. I'm veering pretty deeply into speculative territory here. So rescue me podcast well, i'm gonna rescue you by simply disagreeing with you no well, that's that's the usual <laughs> first of all i think that babel and this book are doing very very different things and certainly babel's author rf kwang like has a different perspective because she's writing like a decade later and she is a person of color writing about the experience of different colonized people and people of color at oxford university it's just like a totally different milieu and two books that are trying to say like that are not really trying to do the same thing at all. So I feel like it's comparing apples and oranges. Well, they're still wizard school books. Well, he's not at wizard school now. And apples and oranges are still both fruit. Uh, Furthermore, I think that Rothfuss for a white guy from Wisconsin does a pretty good job of representing the minority experience. And it's also a very different kind of minority experience that Quoth has from the characters in Babel. And I, I think that this whole sequence illustrates the nuances of Quoth's position as a minority in a really compelling and, and uh, verisimilitudinous way. I, I think Rothfuss is doing a really good job here, and I find it very compelling. I'm also a white guy. I, I have like a different kind of minority experience as a queer person who's you know straight passing. All right, Jordana, what do you think? Is Rothfuss doing a good job or a bad job? I think he's doing the best possible job that he can do, which is fine because he's human. The great conciliator. Ah, uh, yes. Strikes again. <laughs> uh, I, 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 it's the end of a chapter. 
Jordana board spine strikes again. It's the end of a chapter. Sorry, go on. <laughs> this chapter was called Lockless, referring mainly to the box, but maybe, uh, maybe potentially referring to other things that lack locks. Like what? Yeah, it's Mellow and Lackless, who is, you know, possibly the Lockless family. No locks on the box. Lackless rhyme. I'm sure there's some others, but, you know, whatever. Here's a letter. This one's pretty straightforward. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a letter. Uh, We got a slew of letters about this subject. I guess uh, the people are up in arms. So prepare yourself for a deluge. This is from Manuel, who writes on page 910, left unread. Hello, readers. On this page, the discussion was about Denna not reading Quoth's letter. I don't understand how all three of you came to the conclusion, incorrectly in my opinion, that Denna received Quoth's letter and also intentionally did not read it. I believe there are two flaws with this reading. The first is in ignoring a long-established pattern of behavior by Denna. When things get complicated, she gets gone. After the fight with Quoth, based on precedents set earlier in the story, she would have been long gone by the time he even woke up the next day, let alone by the time the tinker would have arrived with the note. The second is that there is just no evidence in the text to point to her having received it in the first place. It was still in the inn she had been staying in, which she had left without paying her bill. The way I read it, the implication is that it was delivered before the innkeeper even knew she bailed. In only that way would it never have left the innkeeper's possession. He was never able to give it to her and happened to still have it by pure chance. I feel like anything just left in her room would have been sold or disposed of, pure assumption on my part, but it feels right. It also bears mentioning that they usually do not receive each other's notes. It's kind of their thing. My sense of Denna is that if received, she would have absolutely read it. Until next time, signed Manuel. Okay, this is reasonable, I suppose. I definitely thought that, like, the guy who gave him the note mentioned that, like, she left it. But now I don't know. If she left it in that, it was left behind. But did she ever receive it? I guess we didn't really give due due thought to the idea that maybe she never received it. But it certainly is more juicy if she angrily did not read it. Although, as pointed out by Manuel, it is part of their their pattern in this, that they don't really receive each other's notes very often. You know, I'm going to I'm going to take the 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 dishonest position that ah well truly. I think what's really important here is that we don't know and neither does Cloth, and that's all part of the mystery of the book. But that's also because I can't remember if he ever talks to Denna about it before the end of the book. Like, do they ever meet up again? And he goes, hey, did you get my letter? Let's find out. It's definitely at the time reading, like as first time readers, it is more interesting to have that tension of did she get it or did she not get it? Which is what Cloth is, is, is experiencing as well. But we can confirm that she it was not open yep yes good yes and listeners you can not open tomorrow's episode by navigating to your podcast player clicking on the episode dragging it into your trash can and clicking toss is is there really a button that says toss i don't yeah yeah that's it's how it works yeah, you go to your phone, you drag it over with your mouse, you hit the toss button, and then you throw your phone in the lake. Well, I'll toss you in the lake on tomorrow's page. Of? Ah, a soft, uh, nice, pleasant dip on a hot day. Wind! <laughs>